1: Welcome, everybody, to this week's exciting episode. Can you smell what the Josh is cooking? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's not meth. Quite pungently. (laughs) (laughs) Straight from work. I don't smell great. Um, But no, it's not meth. No, 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 no. It's not meth, but today... We are talking about drugs. Yeah, drugs. Drugs. Okay, Josh, tell me, mm. have you ever thought about going on like a, a, a uh, what is it? is it, a spiritual healing vacation? Kind kind of. I
2: kind of have done, but yeah. not, not to the full extent. I thought you were going to say, Josh, have you ever thought about doing drugs? <laughs> 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 mm. um,
1: I wouldn't be that blunt. It, we'll put you on the spotlight like that.
2: No, no. Um, yes, I am actually quite interested in doing something like that to kind of filter out my brain and see what's really behind it. And yeah, it, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like explore the what's making me tick and things. What kind and, of
1: spiritual healing vacation are you thinking of of embarking on? I don't know. I know I've heard of things um well, all over south america mm. particularly like peru and chile and brazil and stuff like that you can you can go on these spiritual healing um holidays or you know like a vacation type thing mm-hmm. and uh, visit uh, like indigenous tribes yeah yeah and shamans will give you a, a healing experience mm. and they do this using a, a like a, a brew of tea, if you like, but it's not tea. It's called ayahuasca.
2: Ah, uh, yes, I've heard of that.
1: Yeah, ayahuasca. Ayahuasca can be made from many, many different plants, mm-hmm. and they put it all in a pot and then boil it up and make this tea out of it. The active ingredient is dimethyltryptamine.
2: Mm.
1: Okay, but uh, they also have to put an, uh, like extra ingredients in there to break down the DMT so it can be absorbed by the liver. Um, but these are very um, intense experiences. I remember seeing a documentary a few years ago about a man who was like an explorer, that sort of thing, and he went out there to, to do this mm-hmm. for a spiritual retreat. And they, they give him that 100% full treatment. Like, you know, they were force-feeding him these leaves of stuff. I can't remember what the plants were called. Um, but they all contain, like the ay- ayahuasca DMT, Uh, And it was kind of this full-on experience. They literally, like, force-feeding him it until he was, like, throwing up. You know, it was coming out both ends, basically. But he eventually had this hallucinogenic experience that he said changed him so totally that as soon as he got home, he said, I've got to make some changes to my life. There's people I need to apologize to. Mm -hmm. and You know, it was such a deep, intense experience for him. It changed him very, very spiritually.
2: Yeah, I believe that. And, uh, yeah.
1: It does happen. A lot of people do go on these experiences and, and, and have these life-changing experiences. And particularly with like ayahuasca and DMT, it is one of the most potent hallucinogens known to humanity.
2: Mm. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. And uh, the indigenous people out in South America always said that um, ayahuasca was a drink to bring the common people closer to the gods that normally only the shaman can communicate with. Mm, That's an interesting take on it. It's a good theory, isn't it? Yeah, I like that. Yeah? And that is kind of the direction that we are heading in today. Okay. Is because, obviously, these indigenous people, they believe that when they go into this trip, this hallucinogenic experience, they actually meet... They're gods, and they're able to converse with them, and you know uh, uh, other people or outsiders, uh, and you know people who are studying this for science and that um, consider them as entities, not necessarily gods, but I mean that's what the indigenous people believe. But basically, I mean cause that's the thing. If you if you're not one of those indigenous people and you're going out there for this spiritual experience. Who are you meeting? Yeah. If you if you don't if you if you're not a believer in their gods in their beliefs, who who is it that you're meeting? Who are these entities?
2: I imagine would it be kind of your own imagination and what you? You can only really go off of your brain, you can't you? You can't really access information like other people's brains
1: and thoughts. So it would have to be what you've already got in your brain stored. Some people firmly believe that. Mm yeah that um yeah it's just basically down to your own experiences being realized or visualized by d m t the drug mm. um, so it is a complete sort of false experience, yeah, but people who have actually tried it don't believe that, or, oh. or a lot of them don't anyway,
2: so they've seen entities as well, even if they don't
1: believe it yes. One of the most common ones is elves.
2: <laughs> I mean, they're real.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, if I just go through my notes a little Santa's bit little there.
2: helper. And there's yeah. elves
1: in the North Pole. So, uh, so there was a, a, a late American ethnobotanist, Terence Ooh. McKenna.
2: I've heard of Terence McKenna. Yeah, before. you've heard of him? Yeah, I don't know why that name sounds so familiar. It's probably going to be what we're about to read. Of yeah, it, yeah. BN-
1: D&D, yeah. <laughs> Um, but, yeah, he, he believed the, the, the DMT beings, which he called machine elves, were real. Okay? And here's how he once described one of his DMT experiences. He said, after taking the DMT, he said, I sank to the floor and I experienced this hallucination of tumbling forward into these fractal geometric spaces made of light and then I find myself in the equivalent of the Pope's private chapel, and there were insect elf machines preferring strange little tablets with strange writing on them, and I was aghast, completely appalled, because in a matter of seconds my entire expectation of the nature of the world was just being shredded in front of me, and I've never actually gotten over it. These self-transforming machine elf creatures were speaking in a coloured language which content- condensed into rotating machines that were like Fabergé eggs, but crafted out of luminescent superconducting ceramics and liquid crystal gels. All this stuff was just so weird and so alien and so unEnglishable that it was a complete shock. I mean, the literal turning inside out of my intellectual universe. Um... So McKenna believed that these machine elves exist in alternate realities, which form a, uh, quote, raging universe of active intelligence that is transhuman, hyperdimensional, and extremely alien. But he was far from the first to believe that DMT is a doorway to other realms. Mm. And I don't think he'll be the last after you've uh, completed this episode.
0: Mm.
2: Yeah, yeah. I have heard uh, a few stories about people doing DMT and yeah. having the same experience, if not really similar.
1: Yeah, yeah, there, there, there's plenty of them. Um, in fact, uh, we'll go into one of these scientific studies. Um, so, yeah, in low doses, obviously, um, people often hallucinate just like the fractal patterns, the geometric shapes, and that sort of thing. Much like uh, your average trip, if you were taking like LSD or magic mushrooms or, or something like mm. that. Um, I've never done DMT. I've done magic mushrooms. Mm-hmm. I grew up on on the border of Wales, literally magic mushroom country. September, October time, we were all pile out to the fields and we knew where we were going. We knew what <laughs> we were going for. You know, so, I mean, I, I, I guess that... Um, the, the lighter doses of the DMT would give you a similar sort of experience to that, you know? Mm. And um, I remember an ex-girlfriend of mine, uh, when she experienced magic mushrooms for the first time, she called it being in a kaleidoscope, which I thought was quite a good description.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm the odd one out because a lot of people that I've spoke to about mushrooms have all had good experiences. Yeah. Uh, I've done mushrooms twice uh, sorry. I've done them a lot more than that. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, mum. Um But obviously, my my drug days are are over now. But oh, I've, same here. I've done. I've done many years. And I've always had a bad experience with mushrooms. Like, yeah. Uh, the first time I was being like dragged to hell, and there was all demons and things like oh, that. Oh right, really? And, yeah, bad experience. Real like panicking and yeah, just paranoia and stuff. So I I haven't touched mushrooms since really. Fair enough. Uh,
1: Fair enough. But I know you have done truffles in Amsterdam. Oh, I love truffles. Truffles are very happy things, aren't they? It
2: doesn't make sense that like they're kind of from the same family, aren't they?
1: Yeah, but the truffle is part of the mycelium that is under the floor under the ground. Hmm. Oh, the mushroom is the exposed part that you know comes up out of ah, the ground.
2: Yeah, no, I've had nothing but good
1: experiences with truffles.
2: Yeah, fair and enough. And I'll, I'll just say uh, before we go into it that I've I've been a big believer of if someone's not sure of who they are or they've got problems or worries, I'm a big believer in go and do some truffles. Yeah. And, and it will change, obviously not as much as d m t or anything but yeah, yeah, yeah it like I was a very angry person with daddy issues, <laughs> and right, um. Once I'd done truffles a few times with my mates in Amsterdam and things, it did change my perspective. And yeah, uh, it yeah. was kind of like, a, why am I worrying about that? Why? It just put things in perspective, basically. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. But yeah, no, I love truffles. Big advocate for them. <laughs> 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 don't drugs, do drugs. <laughs> drugs are
1: bad, okay? <laughs> Dr- drugs are bad, okay? Kids, <laughs> yes, don't do drugs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, so what was I? So yeah, uh, DMT. Obviously, a lot more powerful than mushrooms or truffles. Uh, it is, like I say, one of the most powerful ones. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's been several studies uh, in, into DMT. Obviously, like I say, for light doses, you get similar to um, uh, uh, to like mushrooms and acid and that. Um, but when you take a, a higher dose... Um, Generally, that is when people have these sort of hyperdimensional experiences. You know, that's when they start seeing entities. And uh, I think this was in America. Yeah, in America. Yeah. They... <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> um, there was a survey, uh, it was published in the Journal of Psychopharmacology. And the survey included responses from 2,561 adults about the single most memorable encounter with a being or beings, entities, uh, after smoking or vaporizing DMT. Um, uh, DMT is an endogenous chemical, meaning the body produces it naturally, uh, though it's currently like a class one drug in America, Mm. probably here in the UK as well. I don't Mm -hmm. know. I've not really looked into it. Yeah. Um, most of the respondents that had used DMT had used it about a dozen times in their life. So we'll say about an average of 10 times, yeah, mm. 10 to 12 times. Uh, the survey excluded experiences in which people consumed other drugs alongside DMT. So if they were smoking weed or whatever at the same time, mm-hmm. it wouldn't inc- include that. Um, it also didn't include experiences with ayahuasca. Okay. Because it felt that, that uh, it, it, it obviously is the same drug, DMT, but they were more concerned with like the purified version of the e- Yeah, DMT. Yeah. Yeah. So the encounters produce an emotional response for 99% of them. This is 2,561 people. 99% of them said they had a very emotional response. The most common emotions were joy, at 65%, trust at 63%, surprise at 61%, love at 59%, kindness, 56%, friendship, 48%, the negative uh, was fear, uh, 41%, sadness, 13%, distrust, 10%, disgust, 4%, (laughs) and anger, 3%. Discussed at what? I don't really know. (laughs) It doesn't go into that. Um, 58% of respondents said uh, that the being also had an emotional response, almost always a positive one. That's the being that they encountered. Yeah, yeah. So
2: it's it's more positive than it is negative. Yeah, seems to be.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. (sighs) Uh, They said that the encounters felt more real than reality, and this was true for 81% of them. Okay, sixty-five. Uh, oh, that's during the encounter, and sixty-five percent after the encounter. One uh, one respondent said, wrote, "There was an indescribably powerful notion that this dimension in which the entity and I convened was infinitely more real than the consensus reality I usually inhabit. It felt truer than anything else I'd ever experienced."
2: Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm, as you were reading that, I'm trying to think about the the science behind it. Obviously, I'm not a scientist. Your your brain controls everything you do. Yes. like Your your brain is the number one. Is it an organ? Yes, it's an organ. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm about to make a really smart no, point. No, by, like by like saying, you say, it
1: is pretty much the number one organ. It's so yeah. the number one organ.
2: So if you've taken a, a, a drug that has changed your brain or opened your brain of course you're you're going to think it's reality just as much as this is reality yeah your brain's not going to be able to tell the difference because when you're going through a trip and maybe some of it is personal experience but there's not really that thing that's telling you don't worry, you're on drugs. Like, no, no, it's i would
1: take that. Um, guy that you were talking about earlier, it wasn't DNT, uh, oh, the guy that, Salvia, yeah, Salvia. Yeah, what yeah. was his name? Ari Shafir, uh, Ari Shafir, mm. that's him. Um, and he took a to Salvia trip, mm. didn't he? Uh, this is one of the most do- best documented Salvia trips, I think, in history. Yeah, you it? can
2: find this anywhere on social. It all media.
1: happened within 10 minutes, but mm. for him. He he described living like six months yeah, in this yeah. underwater kingdom, where he was breathing water. He had a family, he had jobs, he had <laughs> friends, and everything. And and then obviously came back to reality. Mm-hmm. And he he said uh, that like his friends or whatever, when he was starting to come around, offered him a, a drink of water so he could drink it. And he was like, well, he spat it back up because he was like, no, you don't drink water, you breathe it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, how, that's how altering it can be. I mean, obviously, salvia is not DMT. It's very similar, a uh, very intense experience. But, I mean, DMT could probably do something similar as well, I would imagine. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, people described the entities in different ways. The most commonly chosen labels were being at 60%, guide at 43%, Spirit, 39%, Alien, 39%, or Helper, 34%. Uh, Other labels, uh, ranging between 10 and 15%, include the terms Elf, Angel, Religious Personage, Plant Spirit, and a very few report in the terms Gnome, Monster, or a Deceased Person.
2: Ugh. I feel bad for the people getting that.
1: Yeah. um, Also, a lot of other people have described... uh, Jesters,
2: okay. which are
1: mischievous beings that mm. may or may not tell the truth. Yeah, angels, demons. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think like uh, dragons might be one of them. Uh, aliens. Uh, We've already just said aliens, but very, very uh, much alien contact. And the last one, uh, which was not on this on my um, notes, but um, I remember it was uh, undefinable being oh, okay. something that they couldn't define it was just like a pure energy being it didn't necessarily have a shape or form but, but the, they were still able to communicate with it
2: like the cloud from Lost or something yeah something <laughs> like that maybe yeah
1: oh, spoiler if you haven't seen Lost <laughs> you won't have to watch a lot of Lost to <laughs> <coughs> to find the idea of the cloud being
2: that yeah, makes sense <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, I just Und- choked on undef- my drink there. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say un- undis- undefinable? Undefinable, yeah. Okay, so that could be anything, like shadows
1: could be... Yeah, yeah. En- energy beings, you know, something that doesn't actually have a shape or form. Oh, so
2: it could be like a beaming light or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That, oh, okay. I mean,
1: that is possibly why some, of, some people believe that they are speaking to God, you know?
2: Mm. Yeah, yeah.
1: What a trip. <laughs> Most be- people said the beings weren't hallucinations. About three quarters of respondents said they believed the being was real, but ex- exists in some kind of different dimension or reality. Only 9% said the being existed completely within myself. You know, it's a complete reflection of my own thoughts and my mm. own experiences. Mm-hmm. Most described the beings positively. When asked about the attributes of the entity, a majority of the sample reported that the entity was conscious, 96%, intelligent, 96%, benevolent, 78%, sacred, 70%, had agency in the world, whatever that means, 54%, and was positively judgmental, 52%. Fewer reported that the entity was... Petitionable, twenty-three percent; negatively judgmental, sixteen percent; or malicious, eleven percent. Like I said, the jesters mm. and the demons—you yeah. know—people do experience some of these entities as having some negative mm. um, sort of uh, effects to them.
2: I wonder if some of that is down to your your frame of mind. When you go into these things, quite possibly, yeah. Like if you're if you're quite a negative person, or you've already got bad thoughts, and you go into this with those bad thoughts, I wonder if that affects the. I,
1: I think it can, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like like you said earlier, about um, you, you didn't respond positively with mm. mushrooms, but you did mm. with truffles. We always said, me and my friends, when I was growing up, it, it's, it's it's all about the people that you've got around you. Mm-hmm. If yeah, you don't yeah. trust the people that you're with when you're doing mushrooms th- or, or doing some kind of hallucinogenic drug, the chances are you're going to have a bad trip.
2: Mm. Yeah. I think mine was possibly because it was an unknown or unfamiliar place. Right. So okay. it's kind of like if something does go wrong, how am I going to get home? Where Where yeah, am I going to so go? Panic, so, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I see what you
1: mean, though. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Uh, Most received a message during the encounter. About two-thirds of respondents said they received a message, task, mission, purpose, or insight from the entity encounter experience. What kind of messages, I hear you say. Oh, what kind of messages, (laughs) man? Some people were shown that death isn't the end, that everyone and everything is connected, Others had personal insights revealed to them, such as bad behaviors, that they should stop.
2: This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which
1: some messages were strangely practical. One respondent said that beings revealed the location of a Zippo lighter that had been missing oh, come buried on. deep in the couch. Go figure. <laughs> <laughs> there was also a respondent who said a being was teaching me the rules and regulations of the NFL.
2: <laughs> oh, come on. No. That just makes it stupid. <laughs>
1: like, I can't understand that bit. Uh, additionally, approximately one-third or 36% of the respondents reported that before the encounter, their belief system included a belief in ultimate reality, higher power, God, universal divinity, but a significantly larger percentage, 58% of respondents, reported this belief system after the encounter. What's more, 89% of respondents said that the encounter led to lasting improvements in well-being or life satisfaction. Research has suggested that the ontological shock, the state of being forced to question your worldview, might play an important role in the enduring positive life changes and attitudes and behaviour attributed to these experiences. As such, it is possible that under appropriate supportive set and setting conditions, DMT could show promise as an adjunct to therapy for people with mood and behavioural problems, for example, oh. depression and addictions. Mm, I wonder if that would help
2: with PTSD as well.
1: Might do, yeah. Mm.
2: Yeah, it might do. That's very interesting to me as well because um, it, it's it's weird how we don't legalize certain drugs, even though they've been proven to help with certain things like epilepsy and and stuff yeah. like that. But you you could trust a a pharmaceutical company to come out with a pill that has more side effects and it will temporarily sort out the problem, but then it could affect you later on down the line. Whereas I think it is LSD helps with epilepsy. Yeah. Um, And it's just, it baffles me that they don't do more trials and more things with it and legalise certain drugs or aspects of these drugs when they're really beneficial to people. Yeah. It's odd, very odd.
1: Yeah, I mean... also, a lot of them actually found spiritu- spirituality after taking the DMT. So A lot of them were atheists before. I, I, I can't, I'm looking for the percentage here, and I don't think I've actually copied it down. Um, but it, it did say somewhere that a certain percentage of them beforehand were atheists. Mm-hmm. And I think something like 20% converted afterwards Yeah. To, to having some kind of belief system.
2: I mean, you would if you saw all of that crazy stuff so let's go into a
1: bit more science go on then can I have some more science please pirate yeah okay so uh, there was a a study published recently in the proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences a doctor called Timmerman and a team of researchers described their efforts to see what this quintessentially human experience looks like in the brain as no research has ever revealed it before So they recruited 20 healthy people who, on two different occasions, received either a highly potent intravenous dose of DMT or a placebo while having their brains scanned with functional MRI and the brain waves recorded through an EEG machine, yeah? Mm -hmm. This is the first time that both of these technologies have been used parallel to each other. No Ooh. one's ever done it before. Interesting. And, and they were doing it while people were on DMT.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, a, a quote from Tim, and this approach offers a more important advancement because it enables the direct observation of changes in neural activity, the EEG machine, in parallel with the indirect changes seen C through the MRI, uh, blood-oxygen-level dependence signals and stuff like that. Uh, Timon and his colleagues were rewarded with some remarkable views of the DMT altered brain. They witnessed its business-like hierarchical organization collapse, replaced with a state of global hyperconnectivity. Brain entropy, defined as the number of neural states a given brain can access. And that skyrocketed. So basically... How the human brain works is it's modular, mm. yeah, so uh, you, you'll have like memories will be the part in one part of the brain, mm-hmm. yeah everything that you see will be in another part of the, everything you hear, your emotions yeah. will be a different part, you know all that sort of stuff, but under DMT, all those modules just broke down into one thing it was the the brain was working as one complete entity. And they were they were like neural pathways. Obviously, you know what neural pathways are, don't you? you know oh you? yeah. Um, <laughs> but neural links and pathways were opening up where they normally aren't. You know, so, so people's brains were uh, were making connections that they wouldn't normally do. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now. We've seen films and heard theories that, you know, the humans only actually use what 10 to 20% of their brain, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, and yeah. What would we be capable of if we were able to use more of it? Mm-hmm. This seems like a way of doing that to me from, from this study. Because, um, like I say, uh, the, how else can you explain that people. Find this like hyper reality within mm. within their hallucination. Their hallucination. You know why do people think that these entities are, are, are actually real, more real than actual reality? Mm. Is it possible that DMT altering your brain's chemical functions and those neural pathways actually gives you access to that higher dimension? Now we're talking. Yeah. 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 So
2: even after. You've done DMT, the brain would have already switched things around yeah. and, and created different pathways. So, even after the drug, I imagine your brain would almost be uh, like revived in a way. It would yeah. be like uh, just functioning different.
1: It'd be like sort of opening your third eye, if you like, uh, oh. to paraphrase. Yeah, yeah, opening yeah. yourself up to these different experiences and, and like a different way of thinking, a different way of looking at the world, a different mm. way of experiencing it. And yeah. even though it may only be for 15 minutes or half an hour at a time, you know, does DMT actually access that dimensional doorway? Are these entities real?
2: I mean, for people to have such similar experiences, in some cases the same,
1: Very much. Though this is not in my notes, but while I was researching, uh, I I came across a channel on YouTube uh, called Tales from the Trip. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I I think that's actually uh, extracts from a a, a TV program in America in the States. I'm not sure what channel that's on. Um, Maybe someone could tell me. I don't know. But you can find it on YouTube. And there was a guy who, uh, he was in like three different videos uh, with his DMT trip. Mm -hmm. And in his first video, he described uh, he's obviously done DMT a lot uh, and, and he described um, going at, into the trip world and he, he's seen these elves for himself and made friends with them and they all know him and, and that like. and he said quite often he'll end up at a place called a, the Carnival mm-hmm. while he's in there and while he was at the, in the Carnival he met um, a purple gypsy woman and they became friends, and they became slightly more than friends. Mm -hmm. Uh, They started sort of having a a relationship, all while he's under the influence of DMT, obviously. And then, I think it was in in another video, he explained how one of his friends wanted to try DMT. Um, So he held off on that time. He gave his friend a a, a hit of DMT, and his friend described pretty much exactly the same thing. He said he went to this... Place so you could see the carnival in the distance, but you could also see all these little elves, but they were all hiding from him, hiding behind trees, behind rocks, and all that sort of thing. And he was like, Oh, oh the elves are all this sort of thing. Mm. And so Sean, the, the the original guy with the with the purple girlfriend, he, he was looking after his mate, obviously, while while he was having his trip. Yeah, yeah. And he just sort of said, Yeah, hey, mate, are you alright? And all these elves started popping out from behind the trees and behind the rocks and stuff, and he went, Oh, is that Sean? And this guy was like, yeah, yeah, he's my mate. He's, he, he's on the outside just looking after me. And they were like, oh, yeah, he comes here all the time. <laughs> if you're his friend, then you're our friend and that sort of thing. So they took him to the carnival and he went to meet this purple gypsy woman and she introduced herself and said, yeah, no, I'm, I'm Sean's girlfriend here in this realm. And, and he literally described it all exactly the way that Sean had described it. That's odd. How does that work?
2: Yeah, that for there to be like a common link there. Could it be dimensional? It could be. Because I've also heard stories... It
1: also goes one step further, actually, because Hmm. over the months and and years that this was taking place, obviously, Sean actually found himself a real-life girlfriend, Mm -hmm. and she was a bit of a hippie as well. Uh, They did, like, mushrooms and stuff and, and, and whatnot. And then eventually she wanted to try DMT. And he, rather than giving her the shot like he did with his friend, he just showed her how to do it. I think he put it in like a gla- like a crack pipe style thing and, and right. smoke it that way. Um, <laughs> and he did a, a hit of this DMT, went under, and his purple gypsy girlfriend showed up, and she was not happy that he'd found a real life girlfriend. She was really, really jealous. And he, was, in the end, I think in the video, he was saying like, "Well, you know, why do I need this purple gypsy girlfriend? She only shows up half the time." Mm. You know, and it's always in an alternate reality. You know, I I need something in my real life. Yeah. You know, so he kind of broke up with her. Um, but yeah, it's mental, isn't it? That m- more than one person can have that mm. exact, and I mean exact same experience in the same place, speaking yeah. to the same entities.
2: Yeah, that's the that's one of the stories that I've heard about is these these purple aliens or beings, um, people having trips, and yeah. they're all seeing the same. Uh, skin tone, the same shape of the ears, the face—they mm. all look. Yeah, it's it's. it's well, th- th-
1: that's the thing. You see, on the um, with the scientists that were doing all these experiments and stuff, uh, one of the questions that they asked was, uh, why do people uh, report discrepancies? Mm. Like, I mean, obviously, these two people uh, that I just discussed—that they had very, 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 almost one hundred percent similar experiences identical mm-hmm. but like this other guy that um that Dr Terence what is his name um Terence McKenna, McKenna. yeah uh, he described the L's as being mechanical mm. and scientists were like well ha, ha, uh, we can we, if everybody described them exactly the same then we'd believe that in the multidimensional theory but there are discrepancies
0: mm.
1: the thing is when you're thinking of Higher dimensions, Like, like I, I kind of explained this to you earlier, um, is you have to think from the perspective of the lower dimension. It's like um, if I hold my hand up so the light shines, uh, 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 casts a shadow on the table,
2: mm-hmm.
1: my hand is three-dimensional, but the shadow is two-dimensional. Yeah. So the shadow is a two-dimensional represent- representation of my three-dimensional hand. Yeah, now a fourth dimensional or fifth dimensional, you know, some some kind of higher dimensional being. You chances are we we wouldn't be able to perceive what they actually look like. Right. So all we're perceiving is our own interpretation of that. So there are going to be discrepancies. You can only perceive what you've had an experience of yourself. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Through your own experiences, that's how it would manifest itself.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I get that. Yeah, I understand. It's uh, it's odd. <laughs> it's a mind boggler, isn't it? It is. It's one of them subjects where, I mean, I've got no interest in doing DMT. Like, I've, I think I've reached the age now, and my wife would kill me. So <laughs> I'm, I can't do it. I,
1: I got to admit, I'm a little curious. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: So, I'd I'd love to hear from someone like f- through email or whatever if they've actually done DMT and if they saw these same beings that we've spent yeah, yeah. Uh, describing and things. Um but yeah it's it's odd because we can't we can't say because we haven't done it. We can only go by other people's stories and Yeah,
1: exactly, yeah. and what's happened. So I've, I've done plenty of different um concoctions of narcotics um <laughs> but DMT is not one of them. Mm. Like I say I I'm 43 now. Those days are long behind me. Um, yeah, I just think I'd be too.
2: No, I wouldn't say scared's the word, but like uh, because I I'm very hesitant about that kind of thing. Like even just thinking about like even, even when you just think about the stuff that you used to do when you were younger, like yeah. uh, like driving and smoking and stuff. Yeah. Like obviously the laws have changed and everything, but I look back on that and I think I can't believe I did that when I was seventeen.
1: Smoke weed and drive. Yeah, yeah,
2: like yeah. <laughs> uh, but but now I'm kind of looking at those situations I'm like I couldn't even imagine doing DMT now like I, no. my brain can't I don't even think I can handle that uh yeah I mean I'm not going to say his name I've I've got a very good friend who done acid not too long ago maybe a couple of years ago and uh, <laughs> to to everyone else in the room he was just sat in the chair mm mm-hmm. mhm but he, he came out of it with all kinds of things going on, yeah. like shapes, colors, like hallucinations. I can't even say the word. Hallucinations. Uh, hallucinations. Yeah. Um, so it's it's uh, confusing to me how the brain can do so much.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah.
2: And that's that's the other thing, not to keep waffling on about nothing, but that's the other thing that gets my attention is, I would be worried that if I did DMT, that I would leave the house and walk into traffic and and end up in a horrible situation. But the, 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 the logic thing in my brain says, oh, well... Surely you are just kind of sat there, and it's all in your head. But yeah,
1: well, I think it is. Yeah, I'm not sure if you could even actually get up and walk while you're on it. Just... <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, I so... imagine it, it's like an all-encompassing thing. but yeah, you, you literally you, you are just sat there, but your mind is mm. in a, another world.
2: Yeah, and then wham's because I always heard the story as well. Like the first person that discovered acid, touched it, and then instantly were like in a in a mental home for the rest of his life quite possibly <laughs> because I don't know. it was so strong i don't know how true that story is i don't know but i've i've heard some stories about people doing acid and they've just never been the same or they've done dmt or other drugs and it
1: has changed their it, life yeah but... it can do the acid is quite a dirty drug isn't it mm. it sounds anything, dirty yeah.
2: doesn't <laughs> it <laughs> but I've, again a couple of my mates have done it and it's been a bit life life changing for them. Yeah. So I don't know. I've got no interest in it, but it's very interesting. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> That's a how, how believable
1: subject. do you think it is? I mean, we're we're, we're nearly at the end now, so Ooh. we might as well put it to the paranormality scale.
2: Oh man, the 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 fact that it's very similar stories can be the same with a few discrepancies. They keep describing entities and gods and things like that. I think it's very possible it could access a different dimension. How, how, you know, we don't know. We don't know what the universe. We don't no. know how anything works. We don't, so. don't
1: know what the capabilities of the human brain yeah. are,
2: especially with the fact that like you said we only use 10-20% of our brains or whatever. Who knows? So I like it. I'm going to I'm going to give it a 7.9.
1: Yeah? Yeah. Oh, that's quite decent. Yeah. yeah I'm give it 7.9. I didn't think you'd go that high to be honest no no because I, I appreciate I like it a it. little bit more <laughs> uh, I, I was thinking of the low eights so I'll <laughs> say uh, 8.25 okay <laughs> that's specific I like yeah. it and I'm not yeah. even going to bother trying to do the average on that one oh, <laughs>
2: allow me five
1: seven five. yeah I think it is actually 8, 8.075 um, yeah, no, think don't think about it Uh no, that just mess my brain. and brain's already messed up enough from this episode. <laughs> but no, I, I, I really like it. I mean, I, I am kind of torn on whether it's real or whether it's all just your own experiences that mm. you're reflecting onto yourself. But I would yeah. like to think that, considering how many people have mm. reported such similar stories... And like I say, those two American guys that literally met mm. the same beings, the same entities that were and were introducing and conversing about knowing the other person.
2: Yeah, yeah. And it's it's actually getting to a point now as well where celebrities are starting to pay thousands of pounds to go down to South America and do ayahuasca. Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. To unlock mysteries and Yeah, having these themselves. spiritual retreats,
1: uh, yeah is, is quite fashionable. Absolutely. And uh, ayahuasca and DMT and that um it is sort of uh, spreading in popularity throughout mm-hmm. North America, Europe, Australia, and that sort of thing. Uh, it, it is becoming more widespread. The indigenous people of South America really don't like that. Mm-hmm. The shamans are like, "No, this we should contain this. You, 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 you know, you need to do it properly." Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You need to have that spirit guide with you, sort of thing. You know, while, mm. while you're doing it, while you're having these experiences, yeah, or you could lose your mind, sort of thing. Which know? is
2: why I, I've heard of uh, some. Sh- shamans going to North America and setting up their own like, yeah, retreats yeah, yeah. and things because it doesn't offend the people in South America but it's also a way of these people that are getting more interested
1: in it being
2: able to do it and not and having doing to go it safely under it in yeah. a
1: controlled environment yeah yeah yeah
2: yeah it's pretty nuts pretty nuts there's, there's definitely some truth
1: behind it um, the ancients knew things that we don't know and mm. let's face it the indigenous people of today they're as close to the ancients as what we can get yeah it?
2: didn't the native americans smoke was it peyote or something
1: peyote yeah
2: that would have done something surely so peyote. maybe they were onto something that we didn't know yeah but drugs are bad going. Okay, so yeah don't do drugs kids we're not we're not <laughs> promoting drugs but we're just having a conversation about it really. mm. so i thought it was interesting
1: just because I, I think I, the other day when we we were at work, you said you, that you'd seen something on um, the DMT studies and, and whatnot. And I just thought, mm. you know what? I'm going to cover that yeah, yeah, for an episode. Uh, yeah, so we're not condoning the use of DMT. Um, but if you have used DMT, please write in. Tell us your mm. experiences. Tell us h- how you found it, whether you encountered entities or whether it changed your life in any deep and meaningful way, whether you found religion or you found spirituality through it. We're interested. Um, and yeah, I guess uh, that, that's kind of it, really. You can yeah, you, yeah. You, you send in your emails to paranormality.uk at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, um, oh, oh, uh, all sorts of social media. Sorts, yeah, you, you, can, you can join our Discord, which yeah, is yeah. Where, where we love people to join more Discord, uh, or you can join our Patreon if you feel like uh, you had enough of the adverts and you'd like to pay £2 a month. To get rid of them so you can hear all our stuff just like a day earlier and without adverts. We'd really appreciate it. That would make our day. Um, but you don't have to. No obligation. <laughs> yeah. And uh, put up with the adverts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and until next week, I've been Pirate. I'm Josh. And this has been Paranormality UK. Ta-ta. Mm, ta-ta. <laughs>